Life is a canvas. Listen as Dr. Allison R. Tendler and her guests paint the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and business leaders on her podcast, The Art of Seeing Clearly. Through insightful questions and thought-provoking conversation, Allison and her guests explore the essence of what it means to truly experience life, business, entrepreneurship, love, success, and even failure through a clearer lens. I'm your host, Dr. Allison Tendler, board-certified ophthalmologist and owner and CEO of Art Vision and Artisan Skin and Laser Center. I get to work every day to help people literally see better on the 2020 eye chart, but I truly feel clarity of life uh, and in business takes a lot more than that. And today we are here with Brienne Maynard, and she shares her vision for herself and our community, helping bring clarity and um, vision to entrepreneurs. Brienne Maynard is Executive Director of Startup Sioux Falls, formerly the Zeal Center for Entrepreneurship, an ecosystem organization that empowers startups and founders by offering resources to network, launch, and grow their ventures. Brienne leads a small but mighty team of four and is supported by the most incredible board of directors. She's a member of the One Million Cups, Innovation Expo, Hey Sioux Falls Organizing Committees, as well as a downtown Rotarian. She's both a proud mentor and a mentee. She's been recognized in Prairie Business Magazine's 40 Under 40, is a graduate of the sixth class of leadership of South Dakota, serves on several educational advisory boards, and was honored by the Sioux Falls Police Department with an Outstanding Citizen Award for her work with and advocacy of the downtown neighborhood. Above all else, Brienne cares deeply for the people in her community and is proud to call Sioux Falls home, along with her husband, Brian, and their beautiful daughter, Pearl Jane. Brienne, thank you so much for joining us today, and welcome to The Art of Seeing Clearly. Thank you so much for having me. And do you prefer Dr. Tendler or Allison? I feel like it's our first time meeting, so I want to be cordial and respectful. You know, I am Allison. So, Allison. Yes. I will call you yes. Allison. Please, please do. Please but very do. respected at Dr. Tendler as well. It's, it's so nice to meet you. Well, thank you. You as well. You as well. So thank you for joining me um, for our podcast. And I can't wait to learn more about you and your vision, how you see the world clearly and how you help others in our community do the very, very same. So you clearly have a, a huge heart and uh, for showing, you know, trying to ensure that those who are looking to create their own startups reach their success. Um, do you have somebody in your life who sparked that passion or that vision inside of you for helping young entrepreneurs or just in the service industry in general? But, so I don't know if it's any one person, and of course, shout out to my parents for their amazing work raising me and dealing with me <laughs> and all of and my- And you were raised well, in our community as well, correct? I was, yeah. yeah. So I, I moved here in third grade and um, went away for a few years after college up to Minnesota, but found my way back. Sioux Falls has always felt like home. So I do give my parents some credit. Um, they both have really big hearts and have done wonderful things in the community themselves. But for me- kind of looking back on my journey, I worked for some startups in my early 20s when I when I came back to Sioux Falls. My first job was with Sesame Street Live in Minneapolis. So I worked for Big Bird, came back, um, and then just- We, we can talk of, about what Vision Big Bird had to yeah, help yeah. you on your mission. But. Big Bird definitely helped me along the way. 
Um, but it was interesting. Like I came back and I was missing that big city feel that I, that I had in Minneapolis. You know, I just, I think a lot of us have a chip on our shoulder when we move back home. Um, and we feel like a little bit of a failure, like, oh, we couldn't cut it in the big city. When in reality, my heart was always in Sioux Falls. So for me, I was just trying to find a connection, like who's doing innovative things in the community that I can get involved with. And I, at the time, it was about 2004, and I went to DTSF.com, the downtown website, and found a job opening at a company called Electric Pulp, which is I, I a remember, website agency. I remember yeah. that, yeah. Not, yeah, not so, your role there, but I do remember the name of that company. So, yes. And notably, our mayor worked there. Um, and notably, my first day on the job at Electric Pulp was his last day. So he trained me for a half a day. So it's like, this was inevitable. I feel like this was my, like the inertia was, was started back then with him and that interaction and the work that I did for startups along the way. But really, when I, I, I truly realized that I had a passion for supporting entrepreneurs and startups was my time at downtown Sioux Falls. So I eventually got to work for the organization that I found this cool opportunity. And I, you know, it was on my radar for some time, but getting to know the community through the lens of supporting our city's heartbeat, which at the time was not beating nearly as strongly as it is today. Correct. Um, I was there for the kind of the beginning of the, the new uh, emergence. Revitalization. Right? Yes. It was exciting. But for, when I first came in, the, the business owners were so disheartened. They were so frustrated. And only like six people would show up for a member meeting. And all they did was complain. And I'm like, what can we do to make some change happen? And it just started to, to hit me that we can't, we wouldn't be as far as we, we are with this downtown community and all of the development and success we've seen without those hardworking small business owners that make it what it is. So I got that chance to to meet you know one-on-one -on -one and really see the inside um you know the underbelly of what it's like to to try to maintain a business through the hardships through the you know, the ups and downs we had an ice storm we had a building collapse the pandemic hits and you just start to realize how dang hard it is to to be a small business owner but the passion and the grit that they have and that's where i get my energy is watching these folks continue to push forward and ideate and they, they just they won't let anything stop them and there's just something incredibly inspiring about that that i want to spread the word about you know whether whether entrepreneurship is for you or not there's there's something special about it and if you catch the bug and you've got the right mindset for it it can be an incredible journey for someone so we've, we've seen both sides of the coin but that's what gets me going every day is just knowing that there are some really passionate, hardworking people out there that make my city special because of, of the work and the innovation that they infuse into it. When you were growing up in our town, did you, what did you think about the downtown area? So my dad worked for BNSF um, and okay. the roundhouse was down like right at 8th and Royal Road Center. Mm -hmm. He would come home and tell me some of the things that he would see. And he's like, I don't ever want you to go down there. It was, it was a dangerous place that he did not want me to hang out. Mm -hmm. And that makes me so sad. Um, and there were businesses like Minerva's has been on that corner for, for years and years. There was a bead shop, um, the Zambro's, the loop you know, was right there, the loop, you know, and some <laughs> of that stuff, like I, you need that in your life. Like you need to be able to experience, you know, different things in your city. And it was such a 
like at the time it was a you know kind of a, a mess it was a little it was much more dangerous at the time but there was also something unique about it because it's this perfect cross section of our city where everyone can come together and it's still there today where you have all these different walks of life different you know different uh cultures and and economic status and everyone is able to coexist in this beautiful utopia i would call it a utopia it's just such a special place um with challenges but at the time yeah it was not 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 safe according to my dad so i stayed away from it i grew up in our community as well and i also went to minneapolis for several years and uh eventually did come back to sioux falls kind of in that that similar early 2000s as things started to start turn around and i'm so proud of all of the business owners and the revitalization Mm -hmm. that has happened down there and to know that you have had a a part in that and that support is uh, i mean congratulations to helping um, create and and support success down there how do you feel that you help entrepreneurs or business owners help find that clarity for themselves i think it's really important that we not sugarcoat things we've adopted some core values as an organization um, one of which is, and I'm going to forget, I'm going to forget the word that we use, but we, we have difficult conversations, even when they're hard. Um, and we have a lot of folks come to us with these pie in the sky ideas. They're ill-equipped and, and every entrepreneur is ill-equipped to do all the things that it takes to run a business. Right. But some of them are coming to us and I'm like, you are not ready for this. And here's why. So we have to be very careful about making sure that we're setting realistic expectations for entrepreneurs and that we're not just blowing smoke and saying, oh, I really love your idea because I'm afraid to say say what I really mean because we live in a the Midwest nice, the nice. mindset, right? Yes. Where like we don't always say what we yes. really mean because we're afraid to offend. But in this line of work, you absolutely have to be straight with people. So that's where you get clarity. And, and it gives us clarity to say, you know what? There's a path forward for you, but there's a lot of hard work ahead of you as well. And here's what you need to do. What is the appreciation from the other side when they're, you know, maybe not right at the beginning, but have you had people come up to you and be like, Brianne, thank you so much for that? Yep. And, it, and it's not maybe necessarily the advice I gave. We're also walking Rolodexes. That's what we call ourselves. And it's the, the connections that we have in the community, the business community, especially they're just chomping at the bit to help these folks in whatever capacity they can. So if it's not me, it's someone else, you know, giving them some really great advice. Um, but yes, I have had people, you know, thank, thank us, thank us for the connections. Um, and there are folks that have made some missteps along the way that, that have failures um, to, to share. And, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. Failures can lead eventually to success. And every time you fail, you learn something. So that's important to keep in mind too. And it's that, again, that entrepreneurial mindset where you have to be able or willing to take risks and knowing that inevitably you will fail along the way. And if you don't have thick enough skin, this probably isn't for you. Very true. I want to move into um, Startup Sioux Falls. And one of the, I, I think a huge Oh, what do I want to say? I'll say a win for Startup Sioux Falls. Um, it was one of 
only 51 organizations out of 700 across the nation that received this really amazing grant for, I think it was a million dollars, correct? Um, through the Small Business Administration um, community. I, I want you to tell me about that. And then also describe for me why you believe that Startup Sioux Falls, why did it stand out and why did it deserve such support? Um, I screamed when we heard the news, by the way, everyone in our facility was like, what was that? Um, <laughs> I don't really think we thought we were going to get it. I'll be honest with you. Um, it was our first time applying for anything. And the, the, so we're very connected with the SBA's um, local district office. Jamie Wood is the, the head of that organization and she offices out of our space. So they keep us connected to opportunities through the SBA. And that's part of what we do is we connect people um, to those resources as well. And they are an incredible resource, I'll tell you. Um, so when we saw this email and this opportunity come through, Sarah Lum, who was new to my team, um, who I wouldn't have been able to do this without her because she's got that project management mindset. She's an architect by trade and she's like the yin to my yang where like I'm the crazy ideas lady and she comes idea, in and visionary. tells it like it is. But we sat down and we said, are we crazy for doing this? We are a team of four. Do we have the capacity to do this even if we could? And we sat and we looked at the criteria for the grant and it just so perfectly aligns with our mission and our vision, which a lot of that has to do with this accelerator programming that we've brought to the community through a program called Co-Starters out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. So together, along with the assistance of Heidi Schultz, who is an incredible resource, if you're ever looking for a grant writer, she is the best. Um, she came in to help us because we had about three weeks to apply and create a narrative and a budget. It was a 222 page document that we submitted to the to the government. Hats, um, hats off. Ooh, it was it hats was Herculean. Off. I think that deserves a scream. Right? Right. So, so then you sit and you wait and you wait and you wait. And we just told ourselves, you know what? It's okay. Like at least we applied. Maybe we'll get it next time. Come, I think it was the end of October. Sarah just walks into my office with a big smile on her face. And I'm like, oh my God, we got it. You know, like I couldn't believe it. And I still think we're like, we're coming to terms with the fact that this is happening. Um, go ahead. Did you have a what, question? What is that yeah. allowing you to do? What is yeah. that SBA grant allowing you to do that? Yes. You're just like on the precipice of one of needing wants. What, how does that help your business? And how does that help our community? This creates... 10, like 10x capacity to be able to reach across the state of South Dakota and provide resources to underserved communities. Um, we talk a lot about DE&I in the city, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We've been doing a lot of talking and I'm like, what can we do to, to take some serious action? Because we have folks come to us who don't speak English, who have some barrier to entry. And we're like, how are we going to be able to keep up with this influx of new new ideas and cultures come like infiltrating our city and our state right now. Um, so to have this opportunity is incredible because we are able to go out and bring this accelerator programming. So we're the hub organization that will be providing resources, funds, and, and other types of support as well as this accelerator programming um, to five spoke organizations across the, the uh, state of South Dakota. So we're working with, the Pine Ridge Reservation, we're working with, and that's Thunder Valley CDC, 
We're working with Dakota Resources, who supports rural across the state. So they're going to be bringing in rural cohorts on the, the east side of the river. We're working with LSS to support new Americans and immigrants. MB to support women who need childcare or stipends. You know, just a busy, you know, single mother who, who has an idea that needs to get it off the ground, as well as um, some work that we're going to be doing with the campus of USD and their um, their uh, Coyote Business Consulting Group, Coyote Business Consulting Group, I always say that wrong. Um, but just like the tentacles are, are spreading so fast and furious with this opportunity, again, with this tiny little staff of four. And well, we're I want to bring you I want to bring you back to that staff of yeah. four, because that's where my question goes for you. You've got this, you say this tiny, but it's got to be a mighty staff of four. It is. And how do you know, what is going to change now with that small and mighty staff of four? Um, and what, how do you keep your team um, also focused on mission and able to perform at the level that they need to? Because that takes, um, each one of those team members needs that clarity and that vision. Um, uh, and how do you guys support that and support and empower each other? Um, so luckily, the grant does offer us the opportunity to write in a few positions. So we will be hiring some contracted staff to help us with the grant, which is wonderful. That being said, we're all going to be pulled into the to the program and to some degree or another. How we stay focused as an organization, my board chair says it said it best to me the other day. He's like, you've got a lot of planes in the air that you need to land safely and you need to do it one by one. So it's a matter of taking a step back, zooming out and saying, what's the next thing? What's the next domino that needs to fall to make this happen? And I will also tell you that we as a team about probably 18 months ago implemented EOS Traction, mm -hmm. um, which maybe you're familiar with, Entrepreneurial I, Operating System. I am. Yeah, we, we couldn't do this without that platform. It keeps us laser focused as a team. Um, we have three-year and 10-year vision, you know, to kind of support what we're doing in the next 90 days as well as in the next year. It's just incredible. And uh, half of our board of directors uses it in their own organizations as well. So they're helping us with that process. I, I feel, you know, that is a, that is a pure gold nugget, um, not only for your organization, but for listeners to hear about, you know, some type of system. And I know mm -hmm. that the EOS traction system is fairly common and used by a lot. How do you feel that that type of organizational system allows you guys to perform? Hmm. It Again, it, it kind of focuses in on those. It, it gets very granular into like a 90 day. I love the 90 day rocks. And I love the, so we have a weekly staff meeting. They're called L10s, level 10 meeting. And we have learned to harness the power of efficiency through, um, through this platform. When we're running a staff meeting, it's very succinct. Like we have five minutes for this. You know, there's just a certain way that you go about um, kind of talking through your goals and your next steps. Um, and I, I will also say, like, if you ever, um, as an organization, try to implement this, it's worth paying a facilitator to come in and, and help you with it because otherwise 
I don't know. It's it, it can be a little overwhelming and we're still not doing it perfectly. And we learn something new every single time we do it. But the beauty in it is that we're doing it together um, and we're modifying it for the needs of our organization. So you don't have to follow it 100 percent either, but it keeps us laser focused. I think there is, the, again, a gold nugget for any other entrepreneurs or other businesses out there that that might be hearing this and, and definitely wisdom to share mm-hmm. there. One thing I want to ask you about is um, mentorship. I know that that not only means a lot to you uh, personally as being a mentor and a, and a mentee. So a lot of the success, you know, a lot of roles of success are the connections that you have made with the community. Those connections are given to others to help them make new connections and make success. What do you think somebody should be looking for in a mentor or what did you look for in a mentor to try to help guide, steer um, people to see their visions and their dreams more clearly reaching their goals? There's nothing I'm more passionate about than the power of mentorship. And I'm so happy that the city of Sioux Falls is kind of wrapping their arms around this concept through the Sioux 52 initiative, which our mayor has led, as well as the downtown Rotary group that I'm a part of. Um, my my mentor, my first official mentor was, was a match that was made through the MB Women's Leadership Program, which I graduated from back 2016, 17, I was pregnant <laughs> as I went through it, which I know was you also have, really your daughter's good timing. four, correct? Pearl <laughs> Joyce exactly. four, correct? Yes, she's four. Yep. So I was paired with Michelle Lavalli. If you know Michelle, she is a freaking powerhouse of a human being. And she's someone that I held up on a pedestal as this unattainable relationship that I could never get close to someone like her, right? Um, so it was really great to have this program and a mechanism to be able to be paired to realize like how approachable and easy it is to make connections if you put yourself out there and make yourself vulnerable. And I think the thing that I love about Michelle the most and that has kind of inspired me to to mentor in a certain way is just please just listen to me. You know, I think everybody kind of underestimates the power of active listening. It's not, and and I've done this as a big sister as well, where I came in with a fifth grader and I'm like, I can't just come in hot and start giving her advice. We have to build a relationship, right? Like we, and I need to listen to her and understand her needs and who she is and kind of meet her where she's at. So for me, that's like the number one, you need to active listen before you impart any advice onto someone um, there's nothing worse than a mentor who enters into a relationship who's like, yeah, I've been there, done that, and just kind of talks over the mentee who's seeking advice. That's, that's how you shut down as a human being. Like, I don't want to hear that. I want you to listen to me. And I also think that mentor-mentee relationships are a 50-50 relationship. And I can tell you firsthand that I've learned just as much being a mentor as I have as a mentee. So just, and, and remember to show up listen, reflect on what you heard, and then act and give advice. Um, I think that's the best path forward to create a a fruitful relationship with a mentor. Do you feel your mentor challenged you? um, Yes, listening, but asking questions, making you think differently. And what might have, do you have any example of like, I remember when she did this? Yeah. Um, 
she knew that I was aspiring to a higher leadership role. Um, and this was during my time at DTSF, um, where I was second, second in command, you know, and I just was really wanting to take that next step. And I was also hesitating and I was second guessing myself. And she was the first one to say, why, why not? You know, she would just sit down with me and challenge me in a really healthy way. And again, this is coming from this woman who I held on a pedestal. And if she's telling me, why not, Brian? She's like, I have all the faith in the world in you. And you know, we've created this relationship. I know who you are now. Do it. Um, and I think I needed that little extra push mm -hmm. to get me to really think and, and see myself in, a, in an executive director role, a, a, you know, some sort of a leadership role, because it was just, I was messing with my own head saying, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if this is right for me. It's going to be hard. Um, but I just, I really appreciated her pushing me and, and believing in me, honestly. I think sometimes we do just need somebody, yes, to listen and believe in us mm -hmm. and help us to believe in ourselves yep. that, that we can do that hard thing. Yes. And that maybe when we get through it, it won't have been quite as hard as we thought it was. That's and I'll beautiful. also tell you that I wouldn't be sitting in this seat without um, the nudge of another mentor of mine who is Carla Santi of Blend Interactive. Mm -hmm. So she's the one, and I'm sorry to my former boss at DTSF for saying this, but she asked me to lunch and she's like, why aren't you applying for this job? Um, and I have been out there for quite some time. And I just said, because I'm not an entrepreneur. Because women make excuses. If we don't check all the boxes, it... I don't know. It, it just doesn't work out sometimes and we, we stop ourselves. So I really appreciated that extra push from her as well, because not even as women, as human beings, like we need to continue to support each other and lift each other up. And that's part of the reason why this grant opportunity is so fantastic. It's another way that we can, we can offer some help and a hand and a leg up to those that need it. So I'm happy to pass that, that love along because someone has done that for me and I'm so incredibly appreciative for that. You can tell your passion for your relationships with your, I mean, with your past mentors. And I'm betting anybody who gets you for a mentor as well is um, a pretty lucky person and that you've got so much to offer them. And they're probably thinking just about you, like you thought about your mentor, like, oh, she's so unattainable. But you're right. If you can just reach out, make yourself vulnerable and make that connection, I think we can often be, be surprised in a very positive way. And you never know where that leads with more connections and exactly. more relationships. That mm -hmm. is, that's really truly one of the, one of the awesome things about, about life. And I think about our community and our mm -hmm. support. Lastly, one question about you personally, like mm -hmm. what are your own techniques? So you're doing all of these things with, yeah. with business, helping others, being a mentor, um, establishing these relationships, but what are your personal techniques for seeing yourself better mm -hmm. and seeing the world better? What gives you clarity? Besides therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit it. Um, everyone needs a therapist in their life. And it's, it's almost like a, a mentor in a slightly different way. Oh, totally. I just, yeah. Um, and that came from some postpartum, you know, we have, we have babies and our bodies change and I just, I knew I needed some help, but it, it's helped me in so many different ways. But 
honestly, beyond that, um, it's those in-person conversations, those like those real connection points that I have that help me navigate through this ugly world that we're living in online currently. And I say that because I'm, I'm tired of the divisiveness and I think everyone in the, in the world would probably agree with that, but I don't know how we get past this divisiveness that's happening right now. Empathy is what I use as my guiding star. I always try to find a way to put myself in somebody else's shoes and find a commonality, even if we're, you know, from completely different worlds. I try not to cast somebody aside because of one thought or belief or post. You know, I think it's just so easy to do that these days because it's so easy to get information on someone. So I try to be really open-minded in that sense. And the reason behind that and my why is now my daughter. I want my daughter to see her mom and her dad treat people with, with the utmost of respect, um, talk about people, you know, in, in a way that's respectful because I, I want her to have a better understanding of, of how to navigate the world than maybe it took me a lot longer to, to get here. Um, because I feel like I, I grew up in a, in an environment of sarcasm to kind of mask you know, some of the, to mask the some true of the, feelings, the hurt right? or the feelings. Mm -hmm. So we try really hard as a family to kind of say what we mean, express ourselves. Um, it's just, it's really healthy. Uh, and again, it, like I, I give my therapist a little credit for that. Um, but my husband is an incredible um, resource in my life. He's so supportive of everything that I do. Um, and I also take a lot of um, stock in taking clarity breaks. If you feel like you're, you're kind of here, um, it's time to just kind of take a step away from it, whether that's taking a mental health day, going for a walk, whatever it is that kind of helps you get some clarity in your life. De um, de declutter, get yes. some of that, that negativity or whatever it, it yep. may be. Stare at a white wall, you know, whatever it is that you need to do to kind of collect your thoughts. You need to do that for yourself um, and, to, and just take care of yourself. I think however however that method ends up being for each individual. I think that is a true need. My, you know, how I do that for me might be slightly different, but I do it. How you yeah. do it for you may be slightly different, but you do it. And we're trying to do those in healthy ways that helps us on a, on a whole level, which helps us be better for our, our, our work teams um, and those that we're trying, trying to serve. Well, um, I, it has been a, real joy to make this connection with you and behind the scenes there's a lot of other things that i know that we could be talking about that um in um learning about you that i'm like oh we've got that in common we've got that in common so someday let's make that happen that yes. we can we can visit one-on-one -on -one. so you have helped create a force uh in our community uh to spark grow, uh, support uh, new entrepreneurs. There's so many people coming, coming behind you. So thank you for your passion. And I look forward to um, where your vision is going to help uh, take our community and our state. So thank you so much, Brian. Thank you, Allison. I really appreciate it. This has been really fun. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.